promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. Don't regret this, Lord. I'm a wonderful person. So Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifice to the God of his father Isaac. And God spoke to Israel in visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob, and he said, Here am I. Then he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will there make of you a great nation. I will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also bring you up again, and Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. Then Jacob set out from Beersheba. And the sons of Israel carried Jacob their father, their little ones, and their wives in the wagons which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. They also took their cattle and their goods which they had gained in the land of Canaan and came into Egypt. Jacob and all his offspring with him, his sons and his sons' sons with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters, all his offspring he brought with him into Egypt. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is a weird Old Testament text for us to have for this second Sunday after Christmas that we have coming up. And it's it's weird because, like I said yesterday, um, our gospel text is all about the murder of little babies. And yet here, what do we have? We have this proclamation of a promise of what God is going to do for his people. Now we have to remember that this uh, was written uh, after um, the Exodus, after the people came out of, of Egypt, after Israel was rescued out of Egypt. And the story has been told of their ancestors, of their fathers, and of God's promises and faithfulness to them, even in their faithlessness. And here we have Jacob leaving the land of the promise. He's leaving behind the promised land to go to a foreign land in order to be rescued from famine and to be cared for by his son, Joseph, as well as Pharaoh and the people of Egypt. And yet God speaks the promise again to him that he might know that even though he's leaving a geographical location of which God has said this land will be your land, God is going to bring them back again. This reminder uh, to the people as they read this post-Exodus of what God has done for them. Here he says, um, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will there make of you a great nation. I will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also bring you up again, and Joseph's hand shall close your eyes so many pieces of the promise there, isn't there? Jacob, you have a God. I'm it. I'm speaking to you right now, he says. Uh, I am the God of your father. Because prior to this, it says that he made sacrifices to the God of his father, Isaac. Which is weird, right? And yet, uh, God attaches himself to that to be able to say, yes. I do, I do belong to Isaac, your father. 
but I'm also yours. And this is how you know I'm going to be yours. You're going to go down to Egypt. I'm going to make of you a great nation. And I'm going to bring you out again. And, and all of these promises I'm going to give you so that the transformation becomes away from God just being the God of his father to God being his. And that's the move that we're supposed to be making with our children. That's the move we're supposed to be making with our teenagers. The, the, the movement that we should be making is for our kids, our grandkids, our youth, our young people, our young adults, to start to come to grips with the fact that church and God and Jesus have nothing to do with belonging to their parents. Yes, he belongs to their parents. It has everything to do to make that move away from there to say, no, he now belongs to you and you to him. This, this movement away from, well, it's a nice story about grandma and grandpa going to church. And this is grandma and grandpa's church to, no, this is now my church. To move away from the notion of, well, I was confirmed in this church, so I'm special. Yay! And instead saying, no, I have a Jesus. I have a God. And so for me, anyways, as a pastor, when I face texts that we're going to preach on, or I face uh, scriptures that we're going to study in youth group, or Sunday school even, the, the hope, the desire, is to help those young people come to realize that what we're talking about, what we're reading, what we're looking at, means something to them. Why, why should it matter? For here, for, for Jacob, the story is told so that he might realize that this God who is the God of his father Isaac is now his. And in part, the story then, as we bring it to our young people, needs to be theirs too, yours, mine. That this speaks of a God who might take us out of everything that we think is about our promise, everything that we've attached the promise to, and yet he's going to go with us. Because God says, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt. Do not be afraid to leave behind that promise, to leave behind these, these special little things that you've attached yourself to because your dad told you, well, this is a special land that God is going to give us. Don't be afraid to leave those things behind because I will still, I'm still going to make of you a great nation. It's not going to be in this land here. It's going to be in a different land. But then, but then, I'm going to go down with you to Egypt. My promise is going to continue with you, and then I will also bring you back up again. And so we speak to our kids, we speak to our young people, and we say, I have a God, and I'm going to tell you about him. This God is also your God, too. This God has been with me through thick and thin. This God has been with me when I felt like he's completely abandoned me, and this is how. And he's going to continue to be with me, and he's also going to be with you, and he's going to hold up his promise for you. And that's going to continue forever. And so that when God makes a promise to Jacob, we have to realize that this is the God of the promise who makes promises to us. This God who says that I will never leave you nor forsake you, that I'm going to prepare a place for you, that I am the resurrection and the life, says the Lord. He that believes in me shall not, even though he dies, yet shall he live. Yet shall he live. These promises that are made, I forgive you all your sins. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do that he's pierced for our transgressions. These promises that are made, that have to be handed over with the proper application of the pronoun, the for you, to our young people. 
And that's this promise that is being made. And so then you have the narrative of Jacob saying, okay, and he packs up everything and he goes. And to trust God, that the promise that he's making is going to come to fruition and Jacob had to do that. To trust that God would walk with him. And also to pass it on to his sons and his son's sons and his son's son's sons, uh, moving on forward to, to pass on this promising God to them that they might have the promise to. Let's pray. O God, our Father, who by the birth and infancy of thy Son didst sanctify and bless childhood, we commend to thy love all children and beseech thee to protect them from every hurt and harm and to lead them to the knowledge of thyself and the obedience of thy will. To the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Well, church, go in peace, serve the Lord, and we will see you tomorrow.